This podcast is sponsored by ebookit.com, self-publishing solutions for the independent author and small press. Visit us today at ebookit.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. And I'm Ryan Levesque. Ryan, if we ignore the annoying flight delays, cancellations, and lost luggage, travel, particularly international travel, can really open our eyes to many new experiences, especially for Toastmasters, as there are clubs all over the world. Our guest today has connected with several members with that shared Toastmasters-inspired experience. Ryan, can you please introduce us? Of course, Greg. Our guest today is Maureen Zapala, a distinguished Toastmaster and a former NASA propulsion engineer. Today, she's a professional speaker, author, and presentation skills coach, as well as founder of High Altitude Strategies, a coaching and speaking service. Maureen has written an article in the June 2023 issue of the Toastmaster magazine called Toastmasters on Vacation, the Benefits of International Travel, Our Boundless. Joining us from Henderson, Nevada, for her third appearance on the Toastmasters podcast, Maureen Zapala. Welcome back. Thanks, Ryan and Greg. It's so good to be back. I'm uh, thrilled to talk about this fun topic. <laughs> well, obviously, you've written an article, and I want to personally thank you for having my experience as the lead in your story. And <laughs> I assure you, that's not the reason why we selected to speak with you today. Well, it's not the reason why I put you first in the article. <laughs> <laughs> now that we got that cleared away, just to kick things off, we're going to be talking about Toastmasters on vacation and I'm just wondering, are, are you seeing a trend for people that perhaps they've traveled virtually to clubs around the world during the pandemic, and now they're looking at making those actual travel destinations? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's no secret that the pandemic changed uh, so many things in our world, including Toastmasters. I, people started you know, when their club meetings got wiped out and clubs struggled with going online, uh, people started realizing, hmm, there's other clubs that do this. What's out there? And so they started poking around and hearing about other clubs, not just, you know, outside of their own district, outside of their own region, outside of their own continent. And internationally, people were able to join clubs all different times of the day, all different countries. I think what I saw from people, from conversations, is I call it a club bubble. You, you, you're pretty comfortable in your own little club bubble or a clubble. People started realizing, wow, there's a bigger world outside of my clubble, and it's an international world. And it was beautiful and interesting and mind-expanding. And not only that, it was a Toastmaster thing, but they started to you know, learn about more culture, different cultures and make friends. And then that inspired people to think, oh, let's get together face to face. Oh, I am going to be in Europe. Let's get together. Or uh, a lot of people coming to the international convention were excited to meet face to face with people that they had, you know, seen on a little box on a screen. So absolutely, it's made their world so much bigger. Nice. Maureen, back on episode 185, Greg and I had the pleasure of speaking with past international president Richard Peck, who, mm. in the midst of the pandemic, went on a virtual trip around the world visiting clubs. 
he uh, visited a pretty impressive number of clubs virtually, but you came across someone who also has some incredible numbers, including most of them in person. Can you tell us about Tom Hobbs? Uh, yeah, Tom Hobbs is, oh, I tell you, a top shelf kind of guy. Uh, I've known him for a few years. I think I met him at a convention years ago in passing. Uh, he, he's charming. He is effervescent. He's kind. He's interesting. And he loves Toastmasters. So when I was looking for input to, for this article, he wrote me and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I, that I was looking for people that have gone international and visited many clubs. And he wrote back and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Close to I don't know. I think the article when I wrote the article, it was 197 clubs in person and then another 26 clubs virtually. And I wrote the article, I don't know, a year or so, less than a year or so, somewhere within the last year or so. Uh, I'm sure the number has gone up. That's over 200 clubs, 200 people. And let's say that's, let's say 15 to 20 people per club, give or take. That's thousands of people, thousands of friends that he has met. Unbelievable. Mm, Wow. Another one of my favorite examples from your article was distinguished Toastmaster Lance Webster from North Hollywood, California. And he didn't just go on a vacation and decide to visit a club, but he he really worked Toastmasters into a pretty amazing vacation on its own. Tell us his story. When he wrote to me uh, with his input, I remember, I wish I, I, I can't find the exact notes. I can't, I keep a lot of notes when I write the article, but for the, some reason I couldn't find this one. I don't remember the details. I just remember my impression. My impression was, holy cow, somebody would do that. He decided to take a vacation. Now he's a DTM. So he's got a lot of experience in Toastmasters. I believe he's a past district officer as well. Uh, a district director, I believe. So, you know, he, he knows the machinations of Toastmasters. He loves the organization it's in his blood. He chose to take a vacation, one of those river cruises down the Danube River. And while he was there, not just visited clubs, but gave speeches, did workshops, (laughs) recruited visitors. I mean, he was like the spokesperson for Toastmasters. He wasn't just, hi, I'm visiting. My name is, my name is Lance. Nice to meet you. I mean, he dove in head first, feet first, helping, lifting people up, being a part of the culture, uh, a true Toastmaster ambassador. And I love that. I, 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 it wouldn't even occur to me to do all that on a vacation, but yet he did. So kudos mm. to him. I love the quote from him in the article. He says, I wanted to meet new people and make a difference. And mm. taking your vacation and turning it into something that's not only going to enrich you, but contribute to other people. I think that's really inspiring. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, I joined Toastmasters to meet people. I needed to, I wanted to meet people. Partly it was a selfish decision. I was running a business at the time and I I needed customers. So I'm like, oh, let's go make some new friends. Like so many people, you join for one reason, you stay for another. You know, my best friends came from Toastmasters. So why wouldn't you think to meet new friends, meet new people when you're out visiting, you know, out, out traveling? Yeah, that makes so much sense. I remember I wasn't able to take it, but there was an Alaskan cruise after the international convention in Vancouver. And as Ryan and I were prepping for the session, we were talking about the gentleman who traveled down the Danube. And I was thinking about, I think it's Viking river cruises that constantly advertises in the media. And I was thinking you could go to a different port 
every yeah. day and go to a different <laughs> Toastmasters club. How would that be? <laughs> that would be ambitious and fun. You know, it really would be because here, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen this too. One of the beauties of Toastmasters, it's kind of like McDonald's, wherever you go around the world, you order McDonald's French fries and it's the same. Toastmasters is the same, regardless of culture, regardless of whether it's a corporate meeting or a casual meeting or, you know, a neighborhood meeting, it's still the same brand. Everybody starts with an icebreaker. The structure of the meeting, for the most part, is the same thing. Everybody is working towards the same goals. The structure, the, the leadership structure is the same. There's so much beauty and stability and familiarity, even in the midst of visiting a different culture. And so I, I think it's a beautiful thing that, that we are around the globe. It's almost like your grounded sense of being back home when you're not home. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I was just wrapping up last week, a five week public speaking course with some students. And some of them were asking me about Toastmasters. And I shared a bit about the culture. And I said, the great thing is, and there were people in this course from all over the world, no matter where you are, what country you're in, you're going to find a very similar vibe at every mm -hmm. club. You're going to find people who are positive, who are welcoming, who are going to share feedback, who want you to win. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't go to a Toastmasters club and not find that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just part of the DNA of the people mm -hmm. who self-select to be part of the organization. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a great way of looking at it. Self-select. I love that. Cause that's what I tell people it's self-paced. You know, you can go through mm. it, whatever, whatever pace you want, but when you, I love that self-select. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to that. That's really good. <laughs> cool. Ryan is the word master. <laughs> so by the way, Greg, why were you the lead of this article? <laughs> I don't know. Did they did they check clear? <laughs> Can I make a confession? <laughs> Please do. I actually wrote this article back in 2019. Postmasters asked me to write it. I spent a considerable amount of time researching it and getting the input, sent the article in, and then COVID hit, right? So they emailed me back and said, we can't print this. We can't print an article about traveling internationally when people can't even barely go to the grocery store. So we're going to hold on to it. When I first wrote that initial draft, I'm sorry, Greg, but you were not in the lead. Um, I, my line, <laughs> my opening <laughs> My opening line in that original article is, what do you pack in your suitcase when you travel? <laughs> Not Greg Gazin. <laughs> <laughs> when COVID was now in the rearview mirror, Toastmasters came back to me and said, we want to pull that article back out, but we do need to update it. We need to update it with, obviously, you know, a nod to what just disrupted the entire global economy. But let's talk in fresher terms about how the the pandemic and the shutdown did make people's international travels richer and more welcoming, I guess. Well, well, it turns out that that experience was in fact a while back. And if you act, if you look at the picture that I supplied, <laughs> I look a little older now, <laughs> but nevertheless, it was an experience that just it's one of those things where you just never forget. It's just permanently ingrained in your brain. And mm -hmm. that particular instance, I was actually traveling for work. I had gone to a conference with that was at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. And I remember before leaving for San Francisco, I reached out to a district. I reached out, you know, I used to send emails and things like that. 
And I got three responses from the same club. And it turned out that this particular club met two blocks from the Moscone Center. Oh, wow. And they met about a half an hour after my last session, which was just absolutely perfect. So I went there. And in fact, they, they were dinner clubs. So they had Chinese food, Asian food. And they wouldn't even take my money. They said, no, Canadian dollars uh-huh. isn't good here. I mean, I was certainly willing to, to pay my share. Mm-hmm. I was the, uh, they called me the A counter because in Canada, we have this, how's it going, A? A. It was a wonderful experience. Very, very welcoming. Afterwards, we all went out to have uh, a beverage. They introduced us to a restaurant that I wasn't familiar with. That was one of those little places that you wouldn't necessarily find. A couple of weeks later, when I got home, I got a postcard in the mail thanking me for being there and <laughs> and also invited me to join the club, even though that was probably about 1,500 miles away. Mm-hmm. Whenever I travel anywhere, I'll try to find a club to visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reminded of my own experience when I was in traveling in Southwest Florida and visited a club down there and reading your article, Maureen made me realize there were a couple of people who I'm friends with on Facebook that I met at that club Mm -hmm. that I almost don't even remember necessarily that they're from that club. They're just people that I know. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I never would have met these people if I hadn't visited that club uh, several years back. Yeah. I know me personally, I've never traveled internationally other than I have been to Canada. I spoke at a couple of districts up there a few years ago. But I, I can remember a time, I, I used to live in Ohio, now I live in Nevada. I visited Nevada for a conference. I don't even remember what the event was, but I visited um, a Toastmaster club while I was here. And I specifically asked them if I could, I was in, in the middle of practicing for, gosh, was it, it must've been the semifinals, in the semifinals, uh, 2017, 2016, I don't remember exactly which year. Now I know visiting as a contestant is different than just visiting as a, uh, just a visitor. And and they treated me with so much, I don't know, it was joy and respect and honor. And um, it was just totally delightful. It was a, a smaller club here in Las Vegas. And uh, to this day, I, even though I live here in Las Vegas in the Henderson area, I'm not part of that club, but yet I still have this connection and camaraderie to them because they just rolled out the red carpet for me when I needed a club to practice at. Nice. Maureen, we've talked a bit about the commonalities that you find across clubs. Where, what are some of the differences when people travel around the world and visit clubs in new cultures, new states, uh, new locations? I think one of the most significant things when I was gathering information, what people told me over and over is how grateful they were that clubs participated in English. No matter what country they were in, a lot, most of the speeches and most of the meetings were conducted in English, which when you think about it, most countries are bilingual. You know, the United States, Canada, well, Canada is, there's a lot of French speaking people up there. I remember being in Montreal feeling completely lost because I did not speak a lick of French. And they had to repeat everything in English because I didn't speak a lick of French. I felt like I was, I felt like such a burden. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So that's probably the biggest difference was that most clubs uh, internationally are bilingual. I loved hearing that even the way people communicated, some cultures are less pointed and more polite and gentle with their evaluations, whereas some are much more to the point, much more hardcore, much more tell it like they see it. Of course, you got the whole multicultural issue with 
how do you greet somebody? What are the ways that you, you know, either shake hands? What, how do you introduce people? Uh, meal times. Some some clubs you don't even have a, a meeting unless you have a meal. I mean, there were just so many cultural differences. But again, you're right. Similarities. The thread going through it all is the Toastmaster brand and the focus on improving communication and leadership skills. No doubt about that. Yeah, I noticed when I visited a club in the UAE, but this was virtually the way they address the individuals, it would be Toastmaster Gazin, yeah. Toastmaster Zapala, as opposed yeah. to using your name. I thought that was actually interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. A little level of formality that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that note, again, I know it's been a little while, but you quoted a, a professor, Adam Galinsky from the Columbia School of Business, where he mentions that foreign experience increases cognitive flexibility. And I'm just curious, how did he perceive that? From what I remember when I was doing the research, because uh, I, I, of course, I like to get input from members for whatever topic I'm writing about. But I also, be, being the engineer I am, I want to go research the facts and the statistics. And I stumbled on a lot of his research. There were many sources that I, I drew upon, but I loved his focus on mind expanding. Like, you know, it, your experiences expand your thinking. They literally change the way your brain thinks. And, you know, the way your brain thinks dictates how you act and how you act dictates your results. I'm very big on that. So when you are exposed to different cultures, different way of doing things, and assuming that you are of a growth mindset, meaning you're there to learn, you're there to accept, you're there to experience, you can't help but just become richer as a person. You become more interesting. You become more interested. You become more comfortable in unusual situations. You become a resource when you come back to your hometown, to your home club. Now you've got this whole treasure trove of experiences and ideas and perspectives to share. And it just, you know, it spreads the love. It's just a, you know, a beautiful thing. I find even in the processes, I recall visiting a club in Mesa, Arizona, and they had a process where there were five meetings and some months have five weeks as opposed to four weeks. Mm-hmm. And on the fifth, if it was, I think it was the fifth Thursday or the fifth Wednesday of the month, they had a special session where half of the meeting would be an educational and the second half would be specifically for men- mentors and mentees to get together and actually mm-hmm. discuss their program and their plan. And I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. And that's actually something that I brought back to our district. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I think another another aspect too, especially regarding uh, international travel. And again, I've never really traveled, never traveled off of the continental part of North America. So I'm speaking just from anecdotal evidence from other people and research that I've read. You know, it's one thing to go visit a culture. It's one thing to go vacation. It's one thing to go do the tourist things. Uh, it's another thing to have an immersive experience. I have a dear friend here in Las Vegas who is married to a man from France uh, her lifelong dream is to be fluent in French, and she was it wasn't happening just in conversation with her husband or even with his family. So she chose to go to France and do an immersive live and breathe and eat and sleep and walk around in a French community. She went without her husband because she didn't want him to be the translator. She needed to be mm. immersed in it. And that's what visiting these clubs is like. It's about, oh, and by the way, her French... Uh, you know, order of magnitude increased in 
fluency. She's magnificent now. In fact, she's a professional speaker. She's going to be keynoting a conference in France in French. So yeah, this immersive stuff works. (laughs) So, I mean, that's what the beauty of traveling internationally and getting in touch with the roots of the culture by sitting in a meeting or two or three with other Toastmasters. You know, it's uh, not the tour, it's not the tourist stuff. You're not skimming the surface. You're getting down into the, to the nitty gritty of people's lives. So it's yeah. beautiful. Ah, c'est magnifique, madame. Maureen, for those who are listening who perhaps have a vacation or holiday coming up in the coming weeks or months, what would be a way for them, first of all, to find out if there's a Toastmasters Club where they're going to be traveling? And then secondly, what are some tips or thoughts on making arrangements to visit? Well, it's the same no matter where you are in the world, how to find a Toastmaster Club. There's probably a few different ways to do it. Of course, word of mouth. Who do you know? Who's your face? Who's in your Facebook friends list? If you're a part of the Facebook Toastmasters International members website, a Facebook page, you know, that's a great resource. And of course, you can go to the TI website under find a club. If you know the specifics of where you're going to be, the zip code or the name of the city. Now, that'll give you the places where all these clubs are. Don't just go by the website. Actually make contact with the club. Most of the information on the TI website will lead you to a point of contact. Just email them. Let them know. And just like here in the United States or up in Canada, you don't know if 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 there's a vacation schedule that's going to interrupt their normal schedule or if there's a certain requirement uh, for entry into the venue, like you have to go through a security desk or call ahead and make a reservation. You don't know. You won't know until you make contact with them. So don't be afraid. Oh, we keep talking about how friendly Toastmasters are. I have never, ever, ever been a part of a club or visited a club that was not just thrilled to their little toes when somebody wanted to visit. So make the effort. Don't be afraid. Take the initiative and you will be so glad that you did. Awesome. So, Maureen, for those who are not fortunate enough to have an actual trip planned, can you just talk a little bit about other ways to visit clubs while you're on a so-called staycation? Yeah, you know, do it virtually. Uh, of course, we all know virtual is the way to go. Uh, it, well, it has been the way to go. It has been the only way to go for a lot of for a lot of clubs for a few years. Uh, hybrid is still big. There's still clubs that are meeting in person and virtually. So don't discount the fact that, oh, COVID's behind us. I can't do international visits. Yes, you can. But here, closer to home, and this is something I did all the time when I lived back in Ohio, just visit clubs in your own district. Oh my gosh, there's nothing more fun than uh, finding familiar places in your hometown, because then it will make going to your district events even more fun. And like I mentioned in the beginning, People get in their little clubble, their little club bubble, get out of the bubble, get out of your club bubble, meet people in your district and your Toastmaster experience will be so much more fun, richer, enlightening. Uh, you will find you'll find more friends. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the other thing, folks, is that if you have family members that are visiting you during mm-hmm. the holidays or during the vacation season is bring them to a Toastmasters club because you never know when they go back home, they may decide that they want to join a club in their local area. (laughs) Oh yeah. And okay. That raises a good point too. I frequently, frequently get people from my world contact me and say, Hey, I live in St. Louis, Missouri. I see your posts about Toastmasters. How do I find a club here? 
and uh, be like, oh, I can not only help you find one, I know I visited one and here's who you need to contact. Uh, you know, it's a way to spread the Toastmaster love. The more people that you get to know, the more you are able to refer visitors to other clubs. Nice. Maureen, you mentioned Montreal when that's my hometown. And when I was visiting one time, I actually, one of my childhood friends, I actually brought him along to a club. I was giving a speech at that club. I remember asking if I could take on a role and they said, sure, can you do a speech? So I did. I brought him to a club meeting and he actually joined Toastmasters Mm -hmm. a couple of months later. But folks, if you're also visiting other clubs and you are delivering speeches, as I quite often recommend for people who are interested in podcasting is record your presentation so that you could actually release them as a podcast episode. In fact, I had spoken about the different clubs that I had visited. There was one in Mesa, there was one in Montreal, and then the third one just eludes me now. I can't remember which one it was. I recorded the episode, turned that into a podcast. That was Toastcaster. It was episode 10. And speaking of podcasts, if you've truly enjoyed this episode and you found some golden nuggets and you are already planning your visits during the vacation season, I encourage you to share this episode with your family and friends and other Toastmasters. You can find the Toastmasters podcast at toastmasterspodcast.com, toastmasters.org, Google, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Ryan? And just a reminder to our listeners, please do check out Maureen's excellent article, Toastmasters on Vacation, in the June 2023 issue of the Toastmaster magazine. And Maureen, before we let you go, I would love to have you just share with us a little bit about high altitude strategies, your business. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm a, a keynote speaker with expertise in the topic of overcoming imposter syndrome. So I speak to corporations, associations, entrepreneurial groups about how to overcome that unique self-doubt that causes smart people to dismiss the fact that they truly are smart and they do deserve their success. High Altitude Strategies is a throwback. It's a nod to my background as a propulsion researcher, aka rocket scientist from NASA. So uh yeah, it's uh, it's it's the love of my life right now is is my work as a keynote speaker. So thank you for asking. Awesome. And how can listeners find you on the interwebs? On the interwebs, yes, uh, MaureenZ.com. So it's first name, last initial. MaureenZ.com is my website, and everybody can learn about my topics. They can see a demo video, uh, some of my blog information. Of course, I'm also on social media, so uh, I, I'm probably one of the most reachable, easiest to find people out there. I guess there's no Toastmasters Club on the space station. And then Mars after that. Maureen Zapala, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and enjoy your vacation. Oh, thanks, Greg and Ryan. You guys are always a treat to talk to. Uh, we have fun. I love it. And uh, you guys do great work. Thank you so much for including me. You're welcome. Our pleasure. Isn't it about time you publish that book you've been thinking about? We can help with that. At ebookit.com, we've been providing authors and small presses with ebook publishing services since 2010. Visit us today at ebookit.com and let us know how we can help you.